right, we're back, yeah? yeah? We're good, good to see you. Good to see all you guys sticking around. We are jumping right into Q&A, getting ready for that, so feel free to stick around. If you got some questions, you get to make the pastor answer right make now. Make answer. Right, yeah. So uh, we're going we're gonna to get right into that right now. So as you guys are exiting or those of you who are staying, I'm going to put the phone number up here, which is 360-447-8474. And then just go ahead and text us in. I think What's we need to be here? back where they where have we're us supposed to be? locked in at. Yeah, well, let's see. That goes I don't way. know nothing about no production <laughs> studio. Okay. So, yeah, go ahead and send. Birth, no babies, Miss <laughs> Scarlett. It didn't work. Okay. So, yeah, go ahead and send those in. We got a couple already coming in. Uh, happy Sunday. Another great Sunday. These happy are so Sunday. fun. I know. I enjoy it so this much. Was, I look remember good. last week I said I'd been waiting no. a couple years to to share uh, that video of the lightning strike with that scripture? Right. Well, the exploding cedars. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, about that same time, I discovered this, and these two things, I've been waiting for a couple of years, they're just, they're By both. By this, you mean what? Uh, oh, sorry, the uh, cliff diver looking like Jesus. Yes. I found those about the same time, and so I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure to share them on an appropriate Sunday. Well, it's been a couple of years yeah. now. Last week, I got to share that one, and then just completely coincidentally, Randomly by because I wanted to see if there was a verse that had old and faithful in it yeah. for the fun, well, and so I found it in Isaiah, and I'm reading it, and oh, wow, this really applies, and oh, this is the verse I've been wanting to share, and it's like, so two weeks in a row, yeah. boom and boom. Yeah. Uh, do you have, just out of curiosity, then, you got any other ones that you're like... You know that you've got in your back pocket that you've been waiting on yeah. or something. Yeah? yeah, I've got a few. I'm just I'm just calling it out. Then I expect to see one of them next week because it's uh, how I, God they seems have to. Do to I can't force them. They have to just. Oh, I, well, I know. I'm just saying. I just fit. I'm prepping it so when God does it, it'll be weirder because you'll go the <laughs> third one. He said we're doing this week, so that'll be fun. Nice. But yeah, I really enjoyed that. That was crazy. Those. Uh, I know they were scantily clad in their little speedos. But that actually makes them look more like the pictures of Jesus on the cross. So, yeah, we can. I think we can forego it because the, it was strikingly it's stun it, it, it is. similar. Strikingly I mean. similar. Okay, so here's what I had to do this week because obviously as long as there's been water and places to jump into water, people have jumped into water. We uh -huh. have a, in the Bible, Peter jumps into water from the boat. Right. So, so we know that people jump in water. <laughs> That's pretty <laughs> safe to say. Biblical precedent for it. Yes. yes. And boy, cliff diving, I guess, is like this ancient practice that's, you know, one of those things that's just been done forever. Probably a right because, of manhood. Well, and also it gets your way down deep in the water before the days of scuba gear and stuff if you needed to get things oh, off the bottom. Oh, what an interesting idea. Anywho, so what I wanted to know was this little thing right here. Is yeah. this, is that a modern flourish? Yeah. How can we know if that's, you know, because for one, I, in looking at this thing in the scripture, I, I had it underlined forever with question marks. Like, why is it, why? Yeah. Jesus on the cross, why is this a swimmer? Swimmers don't swim like this. Right. You know? And a couple of years yeah. ago, it dawned on me that it's two things. One, it's on this mountain. Mm -hmm. He stretches out his hands. Well, yeah. we know how he stretches out his hands on that mountain on that right, day. Right, right. But on the mountain, as a swimmer stretches out his hands to swim. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden I realized, again, we do everything backwards. It's like, right. let's take what we know. We know Jesus spreads his hands out this way. So how do, when does a swimmer spread his hands out this way? And I went, 
oh, like a cliff diver, and went, to prepare to swim for my mountain top. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so then I went looking them up, and I thought, okay. Well, what I needed to know this week when I was going to say it was, but how do we know that they did that? Yeah. Is that an Olympics thing? Is that, yeah, is that like, present? oh, look how good I look. Yeah. Um, yeah, or is it because it, the, the ripple is less, you know, whatever yeah. it is. So I found this little training online, the uh, cliff diving uh, training site. And God bless the internet. It's yeah. amazing. And I found the place that talked about the stance. And it said, in a nutshell, if you don't do this, you will die. And that's, that's the abbreviated version because, I don't know, they get, can you get me on camera? I don't know what's showing on camera. Huh. But you can't have any upper body movement slouch anything because it's too far to the water and it will act like a, a, you know, a, a fin in the air and will just make you go out of control and you'll hit that water in a crazy angle. So from the waist up, you have to be a statue. You can move your arms to go into a position, but you have to be perfectly perpendicular. And so they use this to kind of do that, huh. balanced. And then you have to have chest out head back, and you can't move anything from here up until you're well on your way to the water. And so all the leaping has to be down here, and that's yeah. why they do that. So forever, as long as people have been jumping off really right. high, high places, they either died or did that. <laughs> and so I just... And we don't hear about the ones that didn't make it, so... And so I just, yeah, you don't... So, so the, the technique survived, is what I'm saying, yeah. And so not yeah. only, yeah, so that means... As long as people have been jumping off high places, they've had to do, jump that way. That's and so cool. picturing Isaiah having this revelation of Christ on Calvary, and then at some point, whether it was before or after, seeing somebody jump off a cliff and going, that's that picture. Yeah. And, and he's just a guy. It's just Isaiah. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, but he sees it and he goes... That's the, that's the thing. That's what that looks like that God was trying to show me. That, mm -hmm. or I mean, that God showed me. But let's write that in there. That he'll, yeah. Like on that mountain, he'll stretch out his arms like the swimmer stretches out to uh -huh. swim. Uh -huh. Yeah, that first picture, looking up with the sort of cliff landscape and everything. I'd believe it if you'd have told me this was... Isaiah the, an actor <laughs> getting ready to get up on the, I mean, it, it yeah. looks so anyway. really, really cool. Yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, did you ever, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier and you had a, uh, a story connected to that last picture saying that that was something that was understood as everybody saw oh. it and said, it's almost okay. blasphemous. That, that last picture went viral. It's just, you know, they're snapping pictures at a cliff diving competition. And that picture went viral because everyone thought it looked like Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm so it's not at, just us. <laughs> no, yeah. so what I wanted to know, I want to, anybody else connected the whole Jesus cliff diving thing, so I'm on the internet, a cliff diving Jesus, cliff diver Jesus, and this picture keeps coming up. And P.S., I didn't find anyone making this connection. Uh, commentators are really at a loss to figure out why Isaiah throws that in that he's like a swimmer, because we all pictured that. Um, yeah. But this thing came up, so I finally just opened an article and read it, because I saw that they weren't, it wasn't an article about them being like Jesus, just that this picture went viral because everyone thought it looked like Jesus. Well, I read the article, and it said that there's a very controversial picture uh, on the internet, because not only did it go viral, but everyone's arguing whether it's blasphemous to compare this to Jesus or not. Right. 
And so at the end of this little short article, it said, so uh, do you find it offensive or non harmless or, or moving and meaningful? Or are you going to put it into a sermon that you're going to preach later <laughs> on? <laughs> um, you know, uh, do, you, do you think uh, that it in any way connects to Christ? Said something like that in the article. Right. And I thought, oh, the, whoever wrote that article, this is a few years ago, whoever that, that wrote that article, I'll bet they wish they would have known the scripture. <laughs> yeah. There's a scripture that says, oh, yeah. by the way, there's a reason that looks like Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same pose. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Kent has a question. The analogy is, if you don't do this, you die. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. If you don't get on the cross. Well, now I've noticed... No, there's a monkey going. <laughs> Roadies, am I right? Yeah. Um, now I've started noticing all the scriptures in the Old Testament that I've just, I, it's so funny how we just, we decide what things mean. Yeah. Then you get a picture. Now I'm reading these scriptures about um, stretch out your hands or sometimes arms to him, you know, that men everywhere would stretch out their hands. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, even now my, my hands are stretched out still. Um, and with a stretched out arm, with that stretched out arms, he redeems his people. Um, all day long, we stretch out our hands to you. And it's like, I only found one place in the Bible that actually describes what the stretching out looks like. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there, there's probably more. Right. But now I'm on the hunt. Now I'm on the lookout. No. And it's also interesting because there's so many of those things that we just quickly categorize as whatever that means. Mm -hmm. So in something like that where he stretches it out, like you go. It's so neat. oddly specific. Right, right, right. And that's the stuff that like. On this mountain. If, if you believe God wrote this thing, it's inspired and every word matters, then you, you can't do that. Even though that's your inclination is you just go, okay, why I need to put that picture in my head. I will never know, especially said every reader of it prior to Jesus. Yeah, and that's just funny. see, and, and I am convinced because we know some of the more famous ones about they've pierced my hands and feet. And right. I'm convinced if we were able to to know every picture in there and put them together, we would see what Jesus saw, and we would see how horrific. You know, yeah. I, like Isaiah says, um, it would be terrifying even to understand this word. You know, his prophecy. Mm -hmm. It's like. Oh, one more reason to just fall in deeper love with Jesus because knowing he put those together mm -hmm. and he saw, and then he looked around and went, oh, there is something in my life right now. There is something in our day and age that absolutely matches everything in here. It pierces the hands and the feet and it looks like the swimmers diving. And the other one I haven't shared yet looks like that one too. Oh. <laughs> Tease. Um. Okay. Somebody did ask, can we just, can we dig a deep end in the church pool so that we can jump off of the chart house, <laughs> practice our own? Why? I'm going to say no. I'm going to guess. I'm going to say, why do you need to dig deep, sissy? Just jump oh, in. Oh my goodness. Uh, from, no, not really. I, don't, I, don't jump For off all the, the youth who don't have heard that, I know that's been a temptation in the past. We will never jump off into the pool. <clears throat> Josh Oxer. Anyway. Um, okay. Also, we have some good questions here. Uh, I think the, oh, I think the water supply analogy, uh, I like the water supply analogy. I do too. I thought that was really great too. I like the, I the well. I can't claim it for myself. It's everywhere in scripture. When you start, no, again, you start noticing the whole spring right, up a is, well. It's mm -hmm. and the dry and thirsty, my soul, the beginning, right? my soul. 
<laughs> it's like thirsty ground where there is no water. <laughs> I like this new character of yours. It's uh, SpongeBob. So when he's at Sandy's. Water. <laughs> That's right. Tap out. So, okay, I like the water supply analogy. So what do we make of a village with a water treatment plan that recycles drain water? That's hell. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's actually, that's funny. That's interesting. I, I think that you might what do you be got, What do they get? They got, they offer no, something? No, no, no. I think they're just asking what, what you get out of that. That recycles rainwater. Then drain you, water. Oh, drain water. Well, so, drain water is rainwater. Uh, amongst other things. No, it all comes from rain. Oh, does it? Uh, it's, at, at its source, yes. Oh, I mean, like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sewage, because I, I, I take that and I think, yeah, like, you know, how water treatment plants kind of make uh, unpotable water potable again. That's like taking us, the, the we saying. are the dirty well. I like this. I think that that works. That might actually... Oh, yes, because the scripture, uh, the Old Testament, it's Elisha, I think. It might be Elijah, but I think it's Elisha, pretty sure, where they can't drink the water because it's poisoned, and so he has to take salt... And he has to put salt in the supply, and it's miraculously healed with the symbol of the salt. And you're the salt of the world, blah, blah, blah. And all water treatment plans. Does he have a stick? Does he have a stick he puts in? I'd believe. Oh. 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 Well, maybe, maybe a cross. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll work on that one later. As for okay. now, the jury's out. Um, also, Ecclesiastes starts with a whole water cycling thing. Yes, in the time before the water cycle was discussed. Very interesting. Oh, uh, with all these scriptures, what do you think water symbolizes in the Bible, and does it change? The, uh, the main thing it symbolizes is the word and spirit. Because when Jesus says, out of you will flow rivers of living water, it says, by this, he was talking about the spirit that hadn't yet been poured out on everyone. Um, and the spirit and the word are so connected that, you know, uh, God the Father has his role, Jesus has his role, the Holy Spirit has uh, its role, and the role of the Holy Spirit is to empower us, uh, inspire us, you know, get the word into us, yeah, right. open it up to us, um, but we're told to, uh, that we're cleansed by the washing of the word. Mm -hmm. And so you see the word being used as something that washes us and the spirit being the water. And so spirit and, and word are the two biggies. For yeah, water. I mean, and, and that's one of those things because uh, it happens a lot whenever you start reading commentaries and stuff where somebody might just say this equals that. And then you just go on reading and you just substitute that word mentally. And this is a good point because... Uh, like today, wonderful pictures, a whole bunch of scripture tied to this water and, and you know, these vivid, vivid images. But we don't know where uh, that, that, that symbolism might change or right, be nuanced right. or be a little bit different here or there. Because right. You always just want to look at everything in context. Because spirit and word, I mean... Boy, there's a lot of like, where it seems water like isn't the only is thing massive. that symbolizes them. Right, right, right. And, exactly. and I'm not saying that water only, that, that, I'm not, definitely not saying only water symbolizes them, because they're symbolized by a lot of things, and I'm not saying that they are the only symbols that water is used for. Yes. Because the water of baptism, new life, but, but it's all around cleansing, washing. I, I, I was going to say, so, but the one thing is, once again, God, God wrote this thing and he knows you, right? Like he knows us, how we're going to hear it and everything. So it is 
interesting that we, you know, uh, in those overlaps, I might hear it and go, well, do you mean spirit specifically? Do you mean word specifically? And he goes, well, why don't you try them both on? <laughs> yeah. You know, and you actually start running through. Now I have all these things that water seems to represent. Well, and cleansing the flood, cleansing. Noah, but that's, he's cleansing the earth from sin. So that's judgment, cleansing, judgment. Yeah, uh -huh. And the spirit comes to convict and uh, concerning judgment. It, yeah, and, it's got to, I mean, and it's, well, once again, like we talked about the last couple of weeks, all the stuff of water, you know, water, water okay. already mem represents so much in our lives. You drink it, you need it to live, to drink, but you can also drown in it. So in that same way, it can mean multiple things okay. symbolically. We could go on all day. Let's, <laughs> Let, let's, let's go get, on all day. Let's get to their questions. Uh, we don't have, uh, well, I was going to say, one, you guys got to step it up. We don't have a whole lot. Um, well, I must have made things thank perfectly you for that. clear. That's how I choose to believe it. <laughs> Kent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had to cleansing the water of the, of the bitter well. Yeah, they had to cleanse the waters of Meribah. Yeah. And he threw in, was it a tree or a stick? I think it was like a, a stick. A stick? A stick well, then you got the water turned into blood. Yeah. I mean, you, there are so many water. <laughs> yeah, the water treatment plant. There's a lot of water treatment analogies in the Bible. That's funny. And then the water turning to blood, uh, because you have Jesus, you know, the, and being his word and his spirit. And of course, the new covenant is prophesied in the old. And so when Jesus says, this is my blood poured out for you um, the, in the new covenant, the new covenant of my blood poured out for you. And then you have uh, that story of David where he, he's in the cave of Adullam and he, and he wants some water from the old well at Bethlehem. And so his mighty men sneak out and get him some water and they bring it back to him here. And they risk their lives doing it and they bring back the water and he takes it and he pours it out on the ground even though he's wanted it so bad. He pours it and they go, what, we brisk, what are you doing? And he says, I, I can't drink this because to honor these men, I, I can't drink, uh, how's he worded? Um, this is their blood that I'm pouring out because they risk their lives to get it. Mm -hmm. How I, I'm unworthy to drink it. And I look at that and I go, oh my goodness, their blood poured out. It's not blood, it's just water, but he's giving us a principle. You can see this mm -hmm. as their blood poured out because they were willing to risk their lives. Mm -hmm. Now you take that to Jesus saying, hey, this is the new covenant. You're not drinking my blood blood, but this is in that same way. This is my blood being poured out because I do die. Mm -hmm. I actually do die giving this to you. Mm -hmm. And so. Uh, isn't there also one of the signs that Moses is supposed to pour water and turns to blood when it hits the ground? Yes. Good. Okay. Um, somebody said, thanks for the great message. Uh, now we need to do one on fear. Wait, that's not the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh, uh, so many not going out for fear of getting COVID. Still, but I mean, honestly, I think we're actually moving a lot. Yeah, we're, I saw a lot of new faces today. It's, it's, I mean, old face, old familiar faces that haven't been here I've yet. I've seen a lot of old faces, <laughs> newly here. Um, no, I, I would say also that is, a, that is a nice thing. And that's a tricky. We, we haven't talked about it for a while, but I think that we're seeing the, we're seeing the turn. I'm, I'm very heartened by everything that is going on. Instead of this despair that we were kind of all sinking into, I'm really feeling like, Things are feeling more and more normal. We're getting there. We're getting there, guys. So, so stay yeah. positive. 
Um, okay. Mm -mm. Oh, you said you can't trust a promise you haven't heard, but does that mean the promise won't happen? It depends what kind of promise it is, because some promises of God are conditional, you know, like this, as you trust in him, that's right. a promise. Well, if you don't even know that's a thing, not that you wouldn't trust him, right. but, but there are promises where he says, if you do this, I will do that. Right. If you don't know that, you don't even know, you want you to do that. You might naturally do that, and if you naturally do that, he is going to fulfill his end of the thing, but it's kind of nice knowing it. And then there's just promises that are eternal, that, who, that are based on who he is, and is like, don't worry, because I am going to, mm -mm. you know, yeah. I will always be this, that, or the other, and those will never fail. Yeah. Whether you, but again, knowing them allows you to trust him. Mm -hmm. And so even with those, it's not a great Christian walk to, be, to not know the promises and to not be able to trust him to, to a healthy degree. Because then you're, you're you know, uh, battered by all the, uh, win every wind of doctrine and fear and all these things coming against you. And the more that you have those promises inside you through the Spirit's Right. empowerment through the word and then the spirit can bring those up yeah because a lot of these like even the ones you go on to say that you ought to load these in you ought to have these promises you need to hear these promises are really just about himself i'm not gonna leave you or forsake you yeah. i've got all the power you know like it's it just th that's not a if then it's just so you know who i am i promise you i'm this guy you know like i promise you that everything is going to be all right that my love is never going to cease my mercies are never going to come to an end that's just good to know. You know, yeah. it doesn't mean that that won't happen because yeah, he's like, I'm going to be God. And I said how, you know, decades ago, I was real quick to get discouraged from my faith. Mm -hmm. But now I've just seen too many scriptures. And so when you start seeing how others in scripture act, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where they say to the king, throw us in the fiery furnace, you know, because they're not going to bow down and worship a false god. Throw us in there. Our God will save us. And if he doesn't, we're not going to stop worshiping him. We're not going to stop trusting him. And I remember the first time I saw that, I don't know, three decades ago, and went, what'd they just say? Mm -hmm. He's going to save us, but if he doesn't, but even if he doesn't, we're not going to stop trusting him. It's like, oh, and, and that I think is where that was a, it, it comes back to me as kind of a milestone moment, one of those yeah. where I went, oh, so it's not all Pollyanna. God's not promising everything's wonderful. In fact, in this world, you will have trouble. Okay, and so then I started seeing that it's a very realistic vibe. Yeah. That everything's <laughs> created for a purpose and reason. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if we can have totally incorrect definitions for the words that God uses to talk to us, like hope, how can we start to build a godly vocabulary without defining them by our own made-up concepts? Boy, that is such a great question mm -hmm. because we've all but synonymized, is that a word? It is now. <laughs> Where we've made synonymous faith and hope. The Bible treats them as very different things, yeah. you know, and these three will remain, faith, hope, and love. And, and uh, then you, the Hebrews talks about uh, Faith is the substance of the things hoped for. And, but we've made faith and hope. Hey, I have faith that that plane's going to fly. I hope that plane's going to fly. Right. We need to know that, that very black and white, clear, nuanced way that they're used differently. And there's only one way. 
just uh, go on like blueletterbible.com, look up any kind of Bible software, anything where you can search on words. Search on the word hope. Just read all the scriptures. I do this stuff every week. Mm -hmm. Just read every scripture that has hope in it. Then look up faith. Read every scripture that has faith in it. And then just do that for a week. Just keep rereading those. And then take a highlighter and go, hey, I just noticed this one kind of goes with that one. Right. And, and all of a sudden, one week later, you will have a very solid understanding of how the scriptures are using uh, these terms. And like you said earlier about some other, a lot of times there's overlap. Yeah. But, but when there is a difference to be made, scripture will make it. And it's refining, like ongoing. I mean, just think about how kids learn words and they use them kind of right, you know, for a while. They go, I think this means that. I, I want dinner. You want breakfast. You want food. You're going to call it dinner. You're going to learn the difference between the two. But you can use them until they get refined. The more you use them, that's here's a Here's a quick analogy, a quick example. So faith is the substance of things hoped for. So I don't know my Bible at all. I sure hope God's good. I hope he's with me all the time. And this goes, you know, there's a scripture that says, I'm with you always. I never leave you. Oh, well, he said that. That is now substance of the thing I was just hoping was true. Mm -hmm. Now I can have faith in the word for the very thing that I could only hope for. Right. Good stuff. It's true. I won't get into right now then the, because we were just having this conversation with one of the uh, college kids right, right between services about how then why does, why does Jesus say, you've forsaken me on the cross? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If he promises he'll never forsake you. We, I said we won't. I know. It's a big but, long but one. But quick, gotta... two quick answers. One, that is also the title of Psalm 22, which just happens to be the clearest description of the cross in the Bible. So he might have been simply calling out the title of Psalm 22, which is the title is the first line. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, right. That's a very valid possibility. It also might be a riddle. If God never forsakes, because you go on to read in that Psalm 22, it says right in there that you've never forsaken our fathers, that you're always there to save and blah, blah, blah. And then it says um, how you've always sent your angel to save us. Mm -hmm. So if, if Jesus on the cross, God can't send his angel to save him. Is it because he's the angel God sent, you know, that pre-incarnate right, right, Christ right. that shows up everywhere in the Old Testament to save the people? Right. Oh. Yeah, it's a good question. There's a couple of things There's to ponder. Stuff, yeah. But I wouldn't be so quick to go, okay, so taking that one verse, that means God was forsaking him no, and breaking scripture. No, instead, I... Hey, those, I thought we can't go down this path. Those are the beautiful things. No, but this is an important... This is one of the premises of this church and this whole approach and the harmonizing and all that stuff, which is whenever you have two things that are in seeming contradiction... That is an in. That is that is a right. that is a. That's point. where we want to play. God God built that in there, and He said, "So, what are your two choices? I'm wrong, or you don't know everything." You know, and so I assume it's not. I, I assume I don't know everything, so I try to know more, and it's yep. just that's perfect. And whatever you don't know, you trust. Mm -hmm. Okay. Basically, it seems all of us who live in a post-Pentecost world have an advantage over all humans who came before that time in history. How do we hold this in tension with the fact that God is the same now and forever? 
because he never changes, approaches uh, his ability to communicate with us has sure changed as the Bible was written. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have a feeling that if you were to talk to any human being in any age that loved the Lord, they would say, oh, I feel bad for anyone not in my day and age, because here's why. God has had his very carefully planned and purposed ages and generations you know, it says David served God in his generation and then died. Uh, I forget, it says something else, faithfully in his generation. It's not like God put people on hold until that day he could really do some good. If he brings something new, remember when Jesus said, if I'd not been with you, you would not be guilty of sin, but now who, boy. It's like everything brings with it an added weight of responsibility, but then an added blessing. Everything stays in balance. Right. And wheat grows with weeds. And so, hey, as the sin continues to increase, uh, sometimes God's come and wiped it out. Other times he's brought his word. But he's, it's always this balancing act wherein I think on the other side we'll look and be able to see when we see clearly as perf- we know perfectly as we've been perfectly known that Wow, you've always, you've always found a way to approach the heart of everyone in a way that they are without excuse. And even though they didn't have cars, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there were other benefits to not having cars. Right, right. That we don't have now. It's an equal opportunity, God. You've, yeah. I mean, from every point in history, I think so that's, that's fair. Um, I think we're winding down and we're about that time. Although uh, Brian Williams did just text in and say, hey, Heidi Hayes was slapping that bass. I love Heidi Hayes back on the platform. It's good to see. I love, like, that's one of these other things is just absence makes the heart grow fonder. I just see people, I go, yeah, you again. It's been too long. And then next week it's, oh, you again. You again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's That's it. I think that's all we got here. You got anything you want to add? Any uh, Next week is the amen. So we've come down to doing one word. Well, that's <laughs> how week. it kind of so ends. So are, are we gonna are we gonna do a syllable? Or are we gonna get through the whole word? <laughs> oh yeah, a, yeah. We'll start with a. A now. <laughs> a, but, yeah. So, uh, we're, but we're wrapping up then next week. Is mm-hmm. I mean that's is it? That's that. That's, that's it. Unless I go back and redo part. Unless you see, you hear that little qualifier snuck in there. That's it. Well, there is one. I look well. back on now and I go, what was that dumb dumb thing? And I know what I should have said back then. <laughs> well, good. That means you're growing. Okay, well then I think that's I think that's all we got. You want to wrap okay. it up or yep. you want to do a little dance to end things? <laughs> I love y'all. Love you guys. We will see Stay you again next week. Yeah. Let's do it again.